first women. Should I clink the microphone again? Absolutely not. <laughs> Did you like that though? Absolutely not. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh. Okay. All Are right. you ready? So since your computer is not in your lap, you get to travel for this clink. I don't want to. I didn't either, all nine other times. <laughs> I did not request the travel. But... God damn it. Why did I wear jeans? I was so stupid. Okay. We clinked. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's lovely. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad for a haphazardly thrown together cocktail. Tuck, tuck. Uh, so this is yeah. early times... 100 proof bourbon. It's, it's good cheap. shit. It's, it is, as um, as Tim calls it, at Shitty Wide Liquor. Mm-hmm. That's City Wide Liquor for you children out there. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> hi, Tim. Um, he calls it a good value. As in, like, it's cheap, but it's worth it. Yeah. That's how that goes. Yep. Um, as far as, yeah, as far as cheap, like, high-proof bourbons go, it's, it's, it's a so good It's so good. Yep. This is what we brought, um, camping, we brought with us camping to just, like, sip around the campfire. Yeah. It's totally fall. sippable. It's totally mixable. It's so good. It's a good one. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of a higher-proof old Bardstown. Okay. I see that. A little less sweet. A little more... Yeah kick but that's just because of the proof yeah um so this is about three ounces of that and about an ounce and a half of cranberry juice and about an ounce of lemon juice Uh uh-huh um and about an ounce of cointreau Mm -hmm. and some sage leaves all shickety shook it really just kind of gives me thanksgiving vibes yep which is exciting yeah and also reminds me that our birthdays are coming up. Hooray. Hooray. So exciting for yeah. us. So anyway, this is my sister Tessa. This is my <laughs> sister Janelle. <laughs> and this is a first women. Okay. Do you have any um, official recommendations? So here's the thing. I have a lot <laughs> from like... <laughs> From, like, high-waisted underwear to, <laughs> to um, lavender oil. Okay. So, I'm, I'm going to let you, like, search your own heart and just imagine what those are. But Fill what in I've, the rest of the spectrum there. Right, correct. <laughs> um, what I've settled on is, um, so, for Labor Day, we had a friend from Chicago visiting. Mm-hmm. And he's a landscape designer, mm-hmm. and he needed to go up to. Oh, I Michigan. met him in January. He's darling. He is very sweet. I don't think you met him in January. I really because I have I did not meet him until like July. I definitely meant February, but I did meet him because I was in Chicago for the oh, book yeah, launch. Yeah, yeah, I met yeah. him there. Okay, okay, okay. I was thinking like him coming here, no. and I was like. But no. Yeah. But okay. 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 Do you that know makes that like highways are two way? Like you can go Shut to Chicago sh- as real. well as come here. I don't. From- okay. You- <laughs> I don't think so. 
Anyway. <laughs> He's adorable and I love he him is. and that's fine. He is so super, super sweet. His name is Ernesto and mm-hmm. we love um, anyway, so he's a landscape designer. Mm-hmm. He has, like, a pop-up shop thing coming up in October. Pop-up. So he needed to go, like, create or, like, figure out what he was going to get from this um, nursery, like, uh, greenhouse that he regularly shops at in mm-hmm. Michigan. So he said, hey, why don't you come with me? Mm-hmm. Since neither of us, I, I wasn't doing anything on Monday. Sure. So we went to this beautiful greenhouse. Like, it's just, like, rows and rows and rows of, like, cypress trees and moss plants and eucalyptus and lavender bushes and, like, all of these beautiful plants. And it's seriously, like, a full-acre greenhouse that's just, like, (laughs) it was both... All of these beautiful, like, wild plants, but Mm -hmm. in such an organized way. And you know how I love organization. You love it so So much. (laughs) And the amount of, like, just lush green colors across Mm -hmm. the whole spectrum was just so satisfying to the soul. Mm -hmm. But that's not the point of the recommendation, so I'm just going to keep moving. So I I have a very real question for you. Okay. Did you cry? I... I really close to cried. I told Ernesto as we were leaving, I was like, Ernesto, I don't think that you realize how serious I am about the following (laughs) statement. This is my heaven. (laughs) And this was so nourishing to me. And just like talking to the owner and getting to know her a little bit, like she's the sweetest woman. That That must have been so like uplifting for him to hear and just so... Just because so it was such a random, like, hey, yeah. do you want to come? And yeah. I was like, sure. Yeah. And so then you took me to a greenhouse. It was so lovely. Yeah. And then. That's, um, I think that's how I felt when you took me to the lavender farm for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good place, too. So, but that's not the recommendation. Okay. Although everyone should go. It's beautiful. It's called Old World Gardens. It's mm-hmm. in Hart, Hartford, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let me continue. So mm-hmm. we, um, after we went to the. Uh, greenhouse. Mm-hmm. We went up to the beach and then we just hung around there for a little while mm-hmm. and took our time. And then we went to, um, we picked up pizza at Propaganda Pizza, which yep. is also a recommendation, although not the official one for yes. today, um, in Dwajak. And it's then a sidebar we brought it sidebar, yeah. And then we brought it back to South Bend and ate with friends and whatever yeah. and it was lovely. But my recommendation is that it was so just freeing the whole day, having the whole day to not worry about time, mm-hmm. not not worry about my phone, not worry about like anyone waiting for me. Yeah. I mean, I it happened kind of organically, which is I think the best way for it to happen, but my recommendation is to if it doesn't happen organically for you to create like create days every once in a while mm-hmm. where you don't have any plans and ch- take those days to do something, like whatever you feel mm-hmm. like doing and get out of your house and like, go on a hike, go to see some gardens, like, whatever feels good to you, 
like go and experience the world even if it's just like an hour or two drive away Mm -hmm. just get out of your natural out of your like repetitive habitat and like go be somewhere out of the bubble that you naturally exist in yeah go be somewhere for a day and then like when you've when you've gone one place and you're like okay we did that like go to another place and Mm -hmm. just let yourself be spontaneous and free and do whatever you feel like doing on that day and don't worry about time or your phone or whatever Mm -hmm. it's so relaxing Mm -hmm. so delicious to just like not have any worries now I realize that you know people that have children and spouses and all of these things can't necessarily do that as easily but it's still doable to like sure set aside that time for yourself it was so wonderful and I mean, it was also wonderful to be spending time with someone who's really relaxed and so easy to talk to and so sweet and wonderful. Thanks, yeah. Ernesto. Um, but yeah, it was such a nourishing day. Yeah. And one of the one of those weekends where, when I went back to work, I was just like, I'm never gonna be able to like relive that weekend again. Mm. <laughs> just like it was so good. Yeah. But anyway. That's so great. I'm so glad that you had that experience. That's so wonderful. Thanks. It was really nice. Um, my, <laughs> my recommendation station also has to do with what I did on Labor Day. Um, it, and it's something a little bit also out of my normal realm of, like, media that I consume. Okay. Um, so my, my weekend before, like, the, the Saturday and Sunday were kind of crazy and so I just wanted to like be at home on Labor Day and I was like not gonna worry about cleaning my house like I wanted it to be a day for just like a a reset (laughs) basically um I was like I'm not gonna worry about cleaning I'm not gonna worry and like now I I'm upset about that (laughs) it's fine um eventually we all have to live with ourselves yeah (laughs) it happens but it was a good it was a good day to just be like alone and and kind of work on this little project what was your project um is watching all of the marvel cinematic universe yes i did this over quarantine this is like i felt like a lot of people were were doing things like this like watching uh-huh. full over movie series quarantined. or I should say. Quarantined. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, that's funny. Um, and I, like, I have a lot of friends who really love the Marvel movies, uh-huh. and I've always said, like, yeah, I'm just not a superhero movie person. Like, I'm just not. You aren't until and you super are. And the truth is that I still am not. Oh. Like, I... This- I kind of zone out during the, like, action battle scenes or whatever, but I'm like... Whether you're using scepters or swords or wands or whatever, like, battles are battles. Battles be battles. (laughs) Battles be battling. Um, (laughs) TM. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, like, there's a point where I'm like, I don't... They're all just battles. Yeah, everyone expects that Thor is just going to throw Mjolnir and it's going to hit 18 of the whatever the fucks. (laughs) 
whatever's happening at the, the time. The non-White Walker White Walkers. Yep. Like, that was totally ripped off of Game of Thrones, and we didn't, we don't need to talk about it. Like, it's fine. It's fine. We don't, it's whatever. It's but fine. I really am, like, it's, it's the Easter eggs from the other movies that I love. Yes. And how they're all, um, at least loosely connected. Yes. Um, getting, th- so... Uh, I texted, I texted a couple of my friends who, like, three years ago, I was like, I just don't know if I can commit to watching through all the Marvel, like, that's so much It is a lot time of time. Yes. And, like, emotional commitment, because if you start it, you have to you finish have it. You have to. And then, like, goodbye 50 hours of my life. Yeah. Not that I don't spend 50 hours of my life watching other, other things, things yeah. but also, like, I don't know. I was like, I just, I just don't know. And he said, okay, but promise me that if you ever decide to, you'll let me walk through it with you. Oh, sweet. And I was like, are you going to be my Gandalf? Aww. <laughs> he was like, I will be your Gandalf. That's sweet. Um... And I'm I'm good friends with his wife and, you know, I'm kind of just, he's married, he's there. We're like, we're, I wouldn't call us good friends. You and this um, guy. Yeah. But you're like but very I'm, connected. I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like we're connected through his wife. Right. So on, I think it was like Thursday or Friday last week, I texted both of them together and I was like, it's happening. It's time. I basically just texted them, Rafiki, you do time. <laughs> you do time. Um, and Emily immediately texted back and she was like, Marvel? <laughs> <"Is it> Marvel? <laughs> and I was so excited. Um, and I was like, yeah, tell me how to watch them. Like, I, it's, I have Disney Plus. It's fine. Like, Did she send you whatever. the link? So she sent me a flow chart. Yeah. Everyone, like, yeah, I love a good flow chart. Real uh-huh. hard. Yeah. Um, but you have to start, so it's all in chronological order, which yep. I appreciate. Because yeah. logic. Um, and okay. less brain hurts. Yes. Because um, they, like, pop the f- into each other's movies. Uh-huh. And then you have to know what happened before that. It's all, It all, like, relates to each other. Right. But you have to get through six origin movies. Yeah. And those are... So right now I'm up through the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So like we have been working this week. Okay. <laughs> on Marvel. Nice. Um, but I really loved in, I think it was the first Thor movie. That one's just called Thor. That's what it is. Uh, that's mm. true. That's true. Um, so obviously like the characters and everything are based in Norse mythology. Uh-huh. But what I did during quarantine, <laughs> what I did during quarantine, uh-huh. which I'm glad that you created that word because I really enjoy um, it. It is coined by Jonathan Grant. Oh, Jonathan Grant. We of love course. and appreciate yes. the weird words that you make up. Yes, thank you. Consistently. They give us life. Um, what I did in the, in the early days of quarantine mm-hmm. was watch a billion operas. That's right. You did. Mm-hmm. So there's. And one of the things that I watch, or one of the, it's actually a series of operas. It's four operas, uh-huh. all, like, in, in the Ring Cycle by Richard Wagner. Uh-huh. So it's, like, 18 hours. Yep. And it's 
it felt important for me to do and also I don't need to do it again. And those are both uh-huh. like full and equally true. Like there are moments that I really enjoyed uh, like Brunhilde being a badass and screaming hoyotahos and war cries and everything and like it like they're that. the fiercest thing I have ever like the fiercest piece of music I have ever heard in my life across the board. Oh, okay. Wow. These insane hoyotahos with these like horns and strings all just like blasting and she's just like screaming these ho- it's great. It's a good cool. time. Cool. Anyway, but these they're the same characters as in like Thor, Odin, Loki, yeah, 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 like it's yeah. these. It, it's uh-huh. based in the same mythology. Uh-huh. Um, Very true. So for the rare opera Marvel crossover fan, here you are. <laughs> it was really, <laughs> it was really cool because even like living in it, in like in the score of the Marvel movie, they used influences from the Ring Cycle. Oh my god. And so you the that. Odin, the Allfather, uh-huh. um, is Wotan in like uh-huh. in the Germanic uh, translation, and so and Wotan is the is like the the dad in the Ring Cycle, and oh. so it focuses on like his marriage to Fricka, which is Frigga or f- yes, yes, or yes, 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 whatever in Thor's the mama. yeah in the Marvel movies. But it, so the opera focuses on their marriage and the Valkyrie sisters. Oh, yeah. But, like, also, and then the Marvel movie focuses on Thor and Loki. Yeah. But it's, like, it's based in the same people. Like, it's the same. Yeah. So I felt like I already knew these characters. Okay. Because I had watched you the saw, Ring Cycle. Like, saw them in a different light. <laughs> yeah. And so well, it was super cool. But, like, the way that the orchestration works for Asgard is very like thick and rich and dense and lush and uh-huh. then when they go to earth it's much thinner uh-huh. but um like when Wagner was writing his operas he realized like an orchestra a normal standard orchestra isn't enough for the Score. Valhalla Valhalla and so and that's like their their heavenly realm yeah, which yeah, is yeah, kind yeah. of like Asgard um yeah, or yeah, like yeah. a one of those realms. And so he literally had instruments created specifically for the ring cycle to fill out the sound even more than a standard orchestra. Were they used for Thor then? I don't know. They should have been. They should have been. But it was just so but like he he knew that the texture needed to be so much thicker. To symbolize the the gods and demigods and everything. And they did the exact same thing in the Marvel movies. And, like, even had some uh, stylistic signatures from Wagner that they used in the score. It was very cool. Interesting. It was very well, cool. I'm not going to spoil anything, but out of just what you've talked about now, I can tell you that... In different times, like different, not only Thor movies, mm-hmm. but other movies where Thor, like... Is also there. His, <laughs> yeah, his, like, it overlaps, where it overlaps mm-hmm. with Thor a little bit. Those things continue to come back. Yeah. Which is exciting. It's very cool. Cool. Okay, so I'm first, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, So my sources were Wikipedia, of course. Is there any way to do this? Without Wikipedia. Is there any podcast anywhere that doesn't use Wikipedia? I 
only used one paragraph of Wikipedia this week. All right, overachiever, whatever. Listen, the you did other, that two weeks ago, so that's shut up. True. I'm just trying to live up to your standards. <laughs> I mean, everyone should use Wikipedia. It's a great source. Please go donate. Also, yeah. there are other sources, so I just try to branch yeah. out. But this time, I just couldn't. One of the best pieces of advice I got from one of my high school teachers was that Wikipedia is a great place to start research and a terrible place to end. Like and that. so, like, it's good, it's good to, to put that. get, like, a, a general grasp a of what yeah. you're looking for and then go find it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. In and two often, or three like, places. Wikipedia is so great at, like, the, like, citing their sources, like, mm-hmm. hyperlinking mm-hmm. everything where they God follow God bless a good hyperlink. So can, I love a good hyperlink. Mm. Um, so you can find the articles from whence they came. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my other source is pbs.org. Great. Okay. On February 8th, our scene sets. <laughs> Camera pans up, too. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Davis was born in Christiana, Delaware. <laughs> nothing, nothing happened. There's going to be... Someone listening to this shit show right now and be like, later. be like, what is funny about this? And the answer is nothing. 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 It's just that it's February 8th, yes. 1831. And Rebecca Davis was born in Christiana, Delaware. Okay? Okay. Her parents. Is that where Christiana Amapur was born? Get out of your own house. house. <laughs> Take a lap. God. <laughs> okay, I'm here. Her parents are Matilda Weber and Absalom Davis. Absalom? Absalom. And Matilda. And Matilda. Those are her parents? Weber and Davis. God bless them for naming their child Rebecca. I mean, they had had enough. <laughs> Truly. Rebecca grew up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. She was raised by her aunt. Okay, so Matilda and Absalom just peaced out. They were they, like, we gotta go deal with our weird-ass names. <laughs> we gotta go. I don't know what happened to them. Okay. Her aunt was a staple in their community, mm-hmm. providing care for the ill and basically acting as the doctor in her community. Rebecca attended a prestigious private school called the West Newton English and Classical School in Massachusetts Wow. as a special student. It, that's in quotes. I'm guessing that means she was either some like an exception mm-hmm. to some rule, mm-hmm. or she was like exceptionally bright, mm-hmm. or um, both. Sure, or maybe on scholarship. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. So, she was born in 1831. In 1852, so mm-hmm. she's 21. Mm-hmm. I did that math for myself. <laughs> She married Wyatt Lee. Okay. And moved to Charlestown, Massachusetts, where she took a job as a nurse. Okay. <clears throat> due to her heavy influence from her aunt. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Eventually, she decided she wanted to further her education. Mm-hmm. But it was extremely rare for women or black men to be admitted to medical schools. Okay. Rebecca... Mm-hmm. Being a woman and also African American, her opportunities were even more limited. Uh huh. Howsoever, 
She's not going to take that for an answer. No. Due to the heavy demands for the medical care in Civil War times Mm -hmm. and for Civil War veterans, Mm -hmm. a few doors were opening to her because they need what they need. Yeah. She applied and was accepted to into the New England Female Medical College in 1860. Cool. And not only was she accepted, but she won a tuition award from the Wade Scholarship Fund, which was established by Benjamin Wade, an Ohio abolitionist. So here we are. She's grown up in Union States. And I'm guessing the fact that she was born in Delaware means she was born free. Mm-hmm. Um... She grew up in Pennsylvania, moved to Massachusetts, got married. She has all of this, like, basic medical care background from growing up with her aunt, being in the community as that kind of role. Mm -hmm. And she decides that she wants to become a doctor, which is completely unheard of, basically, for not only a woman, but especially an African-American woman. Sure. So here we are. So Benjamin Wade, Ohio abolitionist, gives her a scholarship. Mm -hmm. Full ride to this school. Lovely. So let's talk about the school. Yeah. From the school's inception, many male physicians derided the institution, complaining that women lacked the physical strength to practice medicine. Now, I'm not sure what that means. Like, do I have to lift bodies by myself? Because I'm pretty sure that's not necessarily a requirement of being a doctor. Yeah. Is like the steth... You think the stethoscope is too heavy? I don't My understand. fragile hands. My fragile... I'm so dainty. I'm so dainty. Well, and um, it could be that, it, like, it required resetting bones, uh, which sometimes meant re-breaking bones and things like that. Sure. And that does take a lot of force. But also, like... But leverage. Yeah, I'm like, I get basic, you up on that table and just... Basic physics? Yeah. Anyway, don't tell us what to do, all men. Don't. Every man in I history... I you in the throat. <laughs> Every male in history. Just line them on up. I'll come right back <laughs> down. I'll show you strength. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> All down it's the like line. It's like a whack-a-mole. But my, <laughs> instead of like a baton thing, it's my instead fist. A, and, and instead of a mole, it's your Adam's apple that's now in your spine. <laughs> whack throat. <laughs> God, I hate misogynistic assholes. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I think that's been clear from day one. Oh, Okay. Can, if, Listen, all you guys out there, if you're still surprised about these soapbox rants, get then out. take what, a lap. Don't or just back. like pay attention once, once. <laughs> to an episode. Oh. <laughs> okay, so so women lack physical strength. Bullshit. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yep. Others insisted that not only were women incapable of mastering a medical curriculum, we just aren't smart enough. So we're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. Our hands and our also, brains are dainty. But also, many of the topics taught were inappropriate for their sensitive and delicate nature. I'm sorry. Can we talk about this, like, trope? So we're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not mature enough. Sure. 
can we talk about this trope where women faint at the sight of blood when I'm like, what do you think comes out of us every month? Every month. We're the ones you call to clean up a crime scene. We've been getting blood out of everything for we years. We know what blood is. <laughs> uh-huh. We know the tricks. Hydrogen peroxide, uh, my, dudes. my dudes. The end. <laughs> okay. So we're sensitive, we're delicate. Let's move on. Okay. Thankfully, the founders of the school ignored that bold shit. Bold shit <laughs> is what I said. <laughs> it, is, it is bold, and it is also bold. <laughs> It is fully shit. <laughs> it is bold shit. Um, they organize a school of high standards and full workload. The courses set were based upon a theory and practice of medicine, chemistry, therapeutics, anatomy, medical jurisprudence. Can you define the word jurisprudence for me? Gonna, um, let me disclaimer by saying that I'm going to be really pissed if you can just pull it out of nowhere and be correct. Well, I think... If I were to, I don't, I can't like Webster's Dictionary says yes. that shit. Howsoever, I would hazard a guess that it's like um, something to do with like ethics in medicine and me- giving medical care. Um, you're not entirely wrong. Okay. So. What up, context clues? Yes. So this, that was the situation. When I looked it up, I was like, oh. That makes complete sense based yeah. on what that word is. So let me re-disclaimer the fact that I wouldn't have been surprised if you had guessed it. Mm. Pissed nonetheless. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you trust my intelligence. You're I just also exasperated by it. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just like, damn it. Um, <laughs> jurisprudence is defined as the theory or philosophy of law. So you're not far off. Yeah, I was like, I something about wisdom in, uh, like, wisdom, prudence, jurisdiction. Yep, those things. Just, like, those were rolling around in my brainium. So, back to our list. Anatomy, medical jurisprudence, obstetrics and diseases of women and children, mm-hmm. and philosophy in hygiene. All of those things. Sure. Were studied. Sure. At the school. Students also had to complete two, a two-year apprenticeship under an established physician's supervision. Mm-hmm. Altogether, fewer requir- requirements of today's medical school. Of course. But still, a arguably thorough education. Sure. I mean, like, the hygiene standards were, like, wash your hands twice a month, but sure. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. It's the 1800s. <laughs> so, um, I'm not sure if I said this, but... She started at this medical school in 1860. 1860. Okay. Okay. So, and she and Wyatt got married in 1852. Sure. So, Wyatt, in 1863, while she's still in medical school, mm-hmm. dies no. of, guess this, infectious disease. Um, 1800s. Late 1800s. Late 1800s. I'm going to go with influenza. False. I'll give you one more guess. I mean, that second guess has to be tuberculosis. It's tuberculosis! <laughs> when in doubt. When in doubt, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Oh, so great. Tum. When in doubt, tuberculosis. TM. He's consumptive. Um, 
Anyway, I just so wanted he it died. to not be tuberculosis one whole time. One whole time, but it always is. It's tuberculosis, noises, or typhoid. Yep, those are what they are. Anyway, Goodness. um. So anyway, he died. <laughs> oh, bye. And she just like Wyatt? went on. Yeah, Wyatt died. Her mm-hmm. husband. Bye. She just like went on. Um. After having completed three years of coursework, uh-huh. a thesis, and final oral examinations, sure. Rebecca graduated from New England Female Medical College, and on March 1, 1864, a year after her husband died, mm-hmm. the Board of Trustees named her officially a Doctor of Medicine. She was the one and only African-American to ever graduate from that school as it closed its doors in 1873. Whoa. And she became the first African-American female doctor of medicine ever. Many claps. Um, there are a few more <laughs> stats to put this into perspective sure. even more. Um, but all in all, I will say... In 1860, Mm. out of 54,543 physicians in the entire U.S., sure, this includes Union and Confederate at the time, only 300 out of those those 54,500 were women. Mm -hmm. Of those 300 women, Mm -hmm. zero were African American. Zero percent, the number zero, none of them. Because it's 1860, and it's in the middle of the goddamn Civil War. Uh-huh. The only... Zero. The only African American... Well, the African Americans that are in the country are either slaves, or were just a slave, or were born free, and are trying to find their place in the yeah. world. So, or, and, um, maybe you don't know this off the top of your head. When did the Fugitive Slave Act go into, when was that passed? I actually do not know. Okay. Okay, so the Fugitive Slave Act was passed in 1850. And so that was the act where if slaves made it to the north and were therefore freed, then slave like slave patrolmen basically were able to cross the border into the northern states go find them and bring them back into slavery into the south oh dip so so this all was happening 10 years after so like not only were like those who were born free trying to find their place in a very racist world yeah um but also those who had worked to gain their freedom by escaping slavery uh-huh. and crossing into the north, they were also now at risk of being pulled back into slavery. Yep. A lot of shit happening. Okay, so all of that to say, there are no African American female doctors. Mm-hmm. Until Rebecca. Until Davis. Rebecca. So after her graduation. Rebecca found herself a new husband. Husband. His name is Arthur Crumpler. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> sure is. Mm. Um, he's he's a former fugitive slave. Okay. Um, and uh, remember, this is 
1864 now. Sure. That they get married. So, like, the Civil War has ended. The last of the slaves... It ends in 1865. So... The last the of the... Emancipation Proclamation was in 1863, but it wasn't fully... It didn't finish carrying out until 1865. Right. So, like, Emancipation Proclamation has happened. Sure. So he's no longer in danger of going back to slavery. Kind of. But the I, last like, of paper, the Like, on paper, but not really in practice, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. The last of the slaves to find out about their freedom... Is 1865. Sure. Yes. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. So he, I believe I read that he was a blacksmith. Cool. By trade. So she began her medical practice in Boston in 1864, 1865. Mm-hmm. She primarily cared for African American women and children. And when the Civil War ended, she and Arthur moved to Richmond, Virginia. So they took themselves back down south hmm. to care for communities that would not be served by by white doctors. Yeah. That's so brave and so beautiful. Like, can you imagine being in a, albeit broken, but mo- I would imagine more safe place and then putting yourself back in the thick of it to take care of those Mm -hmm. people who weren't being cared for. So she believed that this would be an ideal place to provide missionary service, Mm -hmm. as well as to gain more experience learning about diseases that had affected women and children. She said of that time, During my stay here, nearly every hour was improved in that sphere of labor. I was enabled to have access each day to a very large number of indigent and others of different classes in a population of over 30,000 colored. Um, So, uh, Rebecca worked under the aegis or support of General Orlando Brown, the assistant commissioner. These names! I know, right? The assistant commissioner, so General Brown was the assistant commissioner of the Freedmen's Bureau for the state of Virginia. Mm-hmm. The Freedmen's Bureau was the federal agency that charged with helping more than 4 million slaves make the transition from bondage to freedom. Mm-hmm. So she's like, in it. Yeah. In it. All I'm picturing is Leslie Odom Jr.'s character like falling, in Harriet. Like falling off his chair. Yeah. Yes. Because he's yes. so happy that she's so back. Happy. Yeah. That is like by far my favorite scene oh yeah from that movie where like she bursts in yeah with like a dozen more slaves Some, that yeah. she's brought to freedom and he like is so shocked like he like, like he's tipped back on his chair to see who walked in the door and he just falls out of his chair yeah he falls out of his chair and then jumps up and like Scoops her up and hugs her. Yeah. It's the best. It's the I best really scene. wanted them They're to like fall in love. Friend. And I know that that's not how history works. And that's yeah, I'm like, I'm aware. I'm just thing. saying, like, I wanted it a little bit. I also, in that same like, And also montage, my two, like, two of my favorite Broadway babies. Oh, yeah. I wanted, yeah, oh, I wanted them. They're both so beautiful. <laughs> Why did they not sing a duet on this soundtrack? <sighs> they probably, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I her, so. that montage where... 
that all happens, and then he wants he wants her to get like a a picture taken, and so he's like <laughs> trying to yeah. like fluff her dress or place her hand somewhere, and she like swats him away like multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> so good. Oh, he's like, and it's like you can tell that he's like just one, yeah, portrait. And she's like, one okay, portrait one. And the then end. he tries to like make her look a certain way and she's like back up this is not this is your bi-weekly soapbox of let's not have men tell women what to do with their bodies you go oh okay so anyway so rebecca so she's in it and remember her medical practice is one Mm -hmm. year old yep and she's just jumping into it Mm mm-hmm so in richmond uh, Rebecca provided medical care for the patients that were refused from white doctors, as I said. True. All the while valiantly ignoring daily episodes of racism, rude behavior, and sexism from her colleagues, pharmacists, and others. Many doctors heckled that the MD behind her name stood for mule driver. Oh my god. Uh-huh. I mean... Again, she's in the South. Like, this is what she had yeah. to put up with. I'm just really upset. It is upsetting, and it's not okay. No. Okay. Are you good? Yeah. Okay. Do you need a lap? No. Do you need a sip? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, go on. In 1869, the Crumplers, which I don't... Stand by. No. They need a different name, but Rebecca it is and what we have. What's his name? Archibald? <laughs> <laughs> Arthur. Aricept. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was her dad's name? Uh, Absalom. Absalom. <laughs> what the hell? Sweet Jesus. <laughs> you can't uh, just, like, shuffle some Scrabble tiles and throw them on the <laughs> ground and be like, yeah, that's the name. It doesn't work that way. Maybe it does. Arthur? Okay. Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> not, Arthur Crumpler. Not Archibald. <laughs> even. Okay, so the Crumplers returned to Boston, where she continued to practice, and then in 1880... Okay. They moved to Hyde Park, New sure. York. So she's 60... So she worked real hard for... Is, is that right? She's 67? Uh, she was born in 1813? 1831. 31. So not even. Mm. She's so I 50. just got dyslexic for a second. She's 49. She's 49. Yeah. Okay. So she worked real hard in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. For a whole five years. Uh-huh. And then I imagine, like, she saw enough shit uh-huh. that she was like, I need to take it back now, y'all. Yeah. Or, like, I served for the worst of it and now I can... Sure, maybe. Yeah. And then 1869, they moved to Boston. Okay. 1880, they moved to Hyde Park. All the while, she's still practicing medicine doing her thing. There's a little evidence that after they moved to Hyde Park, she continued to practice. Mm -hmm. She probably was, like, available but wasn't, like, really going heavy at that point. But she did begin to write a book. Oh! So this book is called... A Book of Medical Discourses in Two Parts, 
It was published in 1883 by Cashman, Keating, and Company of Boston. Boston. So I know that this is going to, like, completely catch you off guard, but the book is in, like, two sections. What? I know! Oh my god! I'm sorry! Um, the first section mm-hmm. focuses on treating the cause, prevention, and cure of infantile bowel complaints. So getting babies to poop, uh-huh. I'm guessing. Um, Do you think that it's like 50 pages of just like, move their legs? Probably. Like, this way and also that way. Uh-huh. And like, have you fed them... Like, do, have they had any water? Um, Is it, are you drinking enough water? Sure. If you're breastfeeding. Right. Et cetera. So she's, she wrote a book, first part, on how to get babies to poop. <laughs> from birth, and then, so in that first part also, from birth to the close of teething period or after the fifth year. Okay. So that's all the first part. So it's basically like, I mean, childhood. The the scientific community is not known for succinct book titles. No, it's like, they're very descriptive. You're like, gotta get those I, 24 I words in. Understand. <laughs> to second, my title. Second section uh-huh. contains miscellaneous information concerning the life and growth of beings, the beginning of womanhood, also the cause, prevention, and cure of many of the most distressing complaints of women and youth, of both sexes. Okay. People. Yes. If you will. Yes. But I'm guessing there's like probably a hefty portion on periods. Yeah. And how to like deal. Like puberty, menstruation, etc. Yeah. The book in its entirety is dedicated to mothers, nurses, and all who may desire to mitigate the afflictions of the human race. Hmm. Dr. Rebecca Davis Lee Crumpler. Died on March 9, 1895 in Hyde Park at 64 years old. 64? Yep. Did not get That's far. Wonderful. Well, I was she actually... She did get far. She died very young. I was actually thinking that's, like, pretty average for... Oh, yeah. The 18... For the... 80s? Mid 90s. to late 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's Dr. Rebecca. Dr. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. That's... Great. Yeah. So, funny story. Here we are. Remember when I told when I asked you pig or cow? Yeah. Of who I'm gonna choose, who I was gonna choose for this week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you chose pig. Sure. Which is who I did. Cow was the first female doctor. <laughs> which is why I was like, when you're like, I'm. Trying to decide between, like, this per- this type of person and, like, science. I was, science. like, trying to go between, like, more political or more science. And I was, like, definitely probably not science. Right. Like, don't do not do that. Fun fact. I It would have been kind of funny if we both had, like, if I had the first female doctor and you had the first um, African-American female doctor. Uh-huh. That would have been, been funny. Neat. But so, I mean, like, I won't do that one for just, a while now, just but. save that. Yeah. Yeah. That one's been on my list for a while. Mm -hmm. So, I did go political in that choosing. Okay. I also um, distinctly wanted to drink this specific bourbon, because we are going early times. (laughs) 
I was a little surprised by the fact that you were like, but we could instead, when I was like, but red wine, and you're like, or, and then you kept suggesting whiskey drinks, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to win this, fine, but now that makes sense. <laughs> I was trying to be chill about it, but I would, like, if definitely you were chill, had... but decided. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, definitely had... You had made... A pathway. Yes. Because yep. I, I was like, I just, I gotta find a way to make this pun happen. <laughs> this pun of a cocktail. Okay, early times. So are you ready? Yeah! For the story of Mary Tudor. Mary Tudor! She was Is born... Is that T-U-D-O-R? Hmm. Mary Tudor was born on February 18th, 1516. Oh, Dip, we are in the early times. Early times, I'm telling you. Earliest. Earliest of times. Um, I think the only person we've done from this early was Elena Piscopia. Lavinia Fisher? She was in the, like, early 1800s. Oh, Dip, okay, yeah. Or seventeen, late 1700s, maybe. Okay. But Elena Piscopia is the only person I can think of from this early. Cool. Um, in Greenwich, near London, she was born to King Henry VIII of England and Catherine okay. of Aragon, who was a Spanish princess. Okay. And so she's also a princess. Just immediate, yes, and okay. immediately became well. She's she's the daughter of a king and queen. Right. That the it's fine. Is that um, a duchess? It's Something. not really anything until they're invested. Okay. And then she basically just immediately from birth became a pawn in all of these English political games with other countries. Okay. Like, she was just a device for them to use immediately. I'm like, how did she do that? She was a baby. Mm, Yeah. But she was a device. That makes sense. Okay. Got it. So, from very early in her life, she was betrothed to several different princes or potentates. Throughout her early childhood. I don't like that word. Potentates? Yeah. It just means someone in power. It's fine. I just yeah. don't like the sound of the word. It's, yeah, it's not Keep great. Keep it back. Um, throughout her early childhood, eventually landing on her cousin Charles V, or Charles I of Spain, Ew. who was the Holy Roman Emperor at age six, she oh, was betrothed. right. And that so was wait, like he was six or she was six. She was six. What? No. It was upsetting. How old was he? Old enough to be an emperor. Ew. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is that's kind of like, what am I about to say? I don't know. A freaking Jacob imprinting on Renesme. <laughs> <laughs> you just went straight up Twilight. I really did. <laughs> Real hard. S- Super gross. Yeah. So shady and you and now I need to watch that. The whole series? Yeah. (laughs) Just to make sure that you hate them still? I do that uh, every couple of years. I watch them all just to make sure that I still hate them. (laughs) It's been at least two years. It's been like a month for me. My like my two year cycle came back. (laughs) It could be closer it could be closer to five. Yeah. That since I've seen any of them. Um So he commanded her to come to Spain with a large cash dowry, and this was ignored. Oh. And then after three years of the engagement, he jilted her at age nine. Motherfucker. At age nine. 
She has been engaged and jilted by age nine. Okay, so either she's, like, super traumatized at a very early age, or she super doesn't give a fuck. It's her parents. Like, her parents are the one proposing all of these betrothals. Well, that's what I mean. Either she's, like, a Merida type, I will play for my own hand, (laughs) or she's, like, super traumatized, like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, very Aurora, um, Briar Rose vibes of like, I can't go on any longer. I, I don't think it was either of those. I think it was the, uh, um. (laughs) If we're talking Disney princesses. (laughs) On a scale of Merida to Aurora. I would say, well, (laughs) no, I retract. I would say. Merida to Snow White. Snow White was even more so like, I, if I have no, like, love, I have no purpose in life. So. She's jilted. She's jilted okay. by Charles. It, I, he ended up being like an ally for her the rest of her life, but he just super hard did not want to marry her. Because mm. she wouldn't show up with that trunk full of cash. Or puberty? Or puberty. <laughs> Either of those weren't <laughs> happening. And he was like, this is, we're, we're done wasting here. Wasting my time. Um, so then in 1525, she was named the Princess of Wales by her father, the king. Okay. Um, although there's some speculation as to whether she was ever formally invested. Okay. Um, so whether she actually went through the ceremony of becoming a princess. But in, in name, at least, she was a princess. Okay. Of Wales. Um, so King Henry VIII, you know him. Heard of him. Mm. Her father. Uh-huh. Had been planning as early as the 1520s to divorce Catherine of Aragon, who's Mary's mother. His first wife. Who's the Spanish The princess. Spanish princess. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because he like, wanted... did he marry someone else in there? But no. Yeah, I mean, you know the legend of King Henry VIII yeah, yeah. and, like, the 97 wives and... Many wives. Uh, but her mother Yeah, so Catherine. her mother her mother her is mother Catherine, <laughs> Catherine of Aragon. Which is Spain. Yes. Okay. Um, in order to marry Anne Boleyn. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he, he based his claim to divorce... On the fact that Catherine was his deceased brother's wife. And he was like, we're married, but it's incestuous. You have to let me divorce But her. is it, though? Um, and then I wrote in parentheses, really, he just wanted a son. We all know the stories. Oh, duh. Mm. That's that's the King Henry the Eighth what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. There's only one. Mm. God bless it. He's a dick. <laughs> dick. <laughs> The Pope refused his right to divorce Catherine, even after divorce had been legalized by the church. And then in 1534, King Henry, or Henry VIII broke off ties with Rome and established himself as the head of the Church of England. And then as was the like... the sole head of the Church of England. So that was the beginning of the Protestant movement. Oh. In, so that was the beginning of the Church of England being separate from, from the Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church. Oh, so that was where that whole schism okay. began. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, by 
establishing himself as the head of the Church of England, he could proclaim his own divorce. Yeah. And approve his own divorce. So by approving his own divorce from Catherine uh-huh. and marrying Anne Boleyn, he then, in that process, made Mary an illegitimate child. Damn it. Right. So she's she still get to be the princess? I no, not really. So um, she was Anne Boleyn, man, her life, wife her number two of King Henry. Coaster situation, right? It's a lot. Uh, daughter, so wife number two, Anne Boleyn, um, bore Henry a daughter, Elizabeth. Uh huh. The the Elizabeth one later, um, denied Mary access to her parents, stripped her of her title of princess, and forced her into servitude as a lady-in-waiting to the infant Elizabeth. Damn it! Yeah. That freaking sucks! So she went from being... The firstborn heiress. Well, a prospective empress. Right. To being a lady-in-waiting for her infant half-sister, who is now the only legitimate child. Mm. Motherfuckers. Yes. Well, just the one. Just the one. Um... So Mary never saw her mother again because of Anne Boleyn's, um, like actions. Um, and they wrote to each other secretly, but Anne's hatred and ill treatment caused Mary to fear punishment and even, even up to execution. Um, but she never admitted to her legitimacy and never entered a convent even when she was ordered to do so. Huh. Um, after Anne's fall into Henry VIII's disgraces and her later beheading for treason yep. in 1536, Spoilers. he offered Mary pardon and, like, acceptance back into the family if she would acknowledge him as the head of the Church of England huh. and admit the incestuous Ill- illegality of his marriage to her mother. Wow. She refused until her cousin Charles, St. Charles, persuaded her to give in, and she regretted it the rest of her life. Wow. With the king and Mary now reconciled, he gave her a household that fit her position as princess, so he, like, reinvested her into being the princess of Wales. Wow. Um, And then resumed pursuing betrothals for her. Wow. She later became godmother to... See this wing? You're under it. Tuck. Yeah. Um, she later became godmother to Prince Edward, who was the first son oh. of Henry VIII, by his a third wife uh-huh. and queen, Jane Seymour. Uh-huh. Um, so Mary then became the most important princess of Europe. Hey! She was popular... Educated, musically talented, linguistically proficient, etc. Like, she was a uh, full princess. Yeah, yeah. Accomplished, as Accomplished. they say. Accomplished. Um, she was allowed to return to court by Henry VIII's fourth, fourth wife, yeah. Catherine Howard. And although she was never able to shake the label of bastard, she was allowed to enter into the line of succession after Edward and any other legitimate children born to Henry VIII and before Elizabeth. Huh. So it went Edward, Mary, Elizabeth. After Henry VIII. 
Okay. Um, so Henry VIII died in 1547. Edward succeeded the throne. I think he was about 10. Edward was? Yeah. Shit. 10 year old king. And his entire reign, he was a minor. His entire reign, he was a minor. So he died young? Yeah. Um, So during his reign, he sought to expand his father's religious edicts and changes, furthering Protestantism. He's a child. Mm -hmm. Why does he care about that? Well, he wanted to do his dad proud, I guess. Like, he just continued on to King Henry VIII's path. Yeah. Yeah. Just what was was going on. Um, with the help of his advisors, he secretly altered the order of succession to place Lady Jane Grey as next in line in order to favor the Protestants. Who is Jane Grey? So she... I'll get there in a second. Okay, I'm just upset. Yeah. Uh, He also made English rather than Latin compulsory for church services. Hmm. So that's that whole thing that was happening. Um, Switching things, yeah, well, because he wanted, he wanted to separate, I mean, King Henry VIII setting up the Church of England was basically like, we're, we have all the same practices and all the same rules and all the same, everything is the Roman Catholic Church except that I can divorce whoever I want. Right. However, Mary continued to celebrate Mass in the old form in her private chapel. So her religious beliefs, which were still very much in line with the Roman Catholics, uh-huh. um were considered heretic, and she was once again in danger of conflict at the royal court and possibly of ex- execution. A homegirl cannot catch a break. She knows what she's about. She does, and she doesn't even really, like, she's not even trying to ruffle feathers. She's just no. trying to be. who She's trying to be who she is, yeah. and who she is is often illegal. <laughs> it's upsetting. Um, so then... Uh, Edward the Sixth died in fifteen fifty three. So he was somewhere around sixteen. How did he die? Is it the Dipperk? The typhoid. It might be. The I don't TB? know. The bubonic plague. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's about eat, the right time frame. Did he eat a bat. Oh. <laughs> So when too soon, too soon. <laughs> when it's too soon when he died, uh huh. And Mary was under the assumption that she was now queen, but turns and out it turns out that Jane, Lady Seymour. Jane Grey, Grey, I mean Jane Seymour was the third wife. Damn it! So Grey, Lady Jane Grey, who was the granddaughter of Henry's younger sister, but. Was proclaimed queen by like her so father-in-law. Far down the right. line, but, but she was got a bump because she was Protestant. Um, so her father-in-law was the Duke of Northumberland, and he just like real quick made her queen because of this secret agreement from Edward and his advisors. God damn it! Right, and then. After nine days, it was clear that the country knew Mary to be the rightful heir. Oh, so they, so the people, the were country like, was fuck like, no, shady business. We call your bullshit. We want Mary. Get her the fuck out. Nice. 
So Mary cool. had fled to Norfolk um, oh, and then arrived she couldn't deal. back. Well, she was in danger of being executed. Yeah. Again. She's like, all she wanted to do was have a mask. Well, and she's either like full princess mode or full fugitive mode. Like there is no (laughs) in between. Oh, poor girl. There's no just like passing by. Meanwhile, she's what, like 20? She was born in 1516 and this was in 1553. So she's 37. Still very young. Yeah, totally. Um... So after after nine days, uh-huh. the people are like, hey, what Mary? the fuck? Give us Mary. Uh-huh. And so she like comes in this like pseudo triumphal entry uh-huh. back into London. There's like donkeys and palm branches, probably. <laughs> whoa, um, whoa, whoa. No. <laughs> Different royalty. <laughs> she so she comes back into London. Lady Jane Grey is arrested. Bye. And Mary is qu- crowned queen at the age Quound of 30. Queen. She's crowned queen. <laughs> at the age of 37. So she is the first queen regnant of England. Yay! Do you know what a queen regnant means? That means that she is the, like, superior queen. Or, like, she's she is the... She's the queenest of the queens. Queenest of queens. Yeah, she's she, the sovereign. So what it means is that ruler. she can rule in her own right. Yes. Yeah. So before this, the queen had simply meant the wife of the, the wife king. The wife of the king, yeah. And this means that she is the monarch. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So um, as the first queen regnant of England, she is, she's Liz Two's first cousin 13 times removed so our current queen is her first cousin 13 times removed how the fuck even does that work um liz is here and you just like shoop over one line of the family tree and then just go straight up many (laughs) rings okay okay huh same generation. No. What? what? <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not 13th cousin. Right. First cousin. First cousin. And 13 times removed just means the number of generations in between them. Gotcha. So it, it's her first cousin, but 13 generations back. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Um, so this is an excerpt from an article on historyextra.com. That says it much better than I could ever say. So I'm going to read this excerpt. It says, The scale of her achievement is often overlooked. Mary had led the only successful revolt against central government in 16th century England and was the only tutor, save for Henry VII, who had to fight for the throne. The only tutor in that whole house of tutors. Um, she had eluded capture, mobilized a counter coup, and in the moment of crisis proved courageous, decisive, and politically adept. Many huh. questioned whether indeed a woman could wear the crown. Well, they're not strong enough. Mm-hmm. And they're also not smart enough. Mm-hmm. And for sure not mature enough. No. We've already decided. Yes. Yeah. Not decided, we've been told. Yes. 
Um, the language, image, and expectations of English monarchy and royal majesty were unequivocally male. So in the following months, the practice and power of a queen regnant were hammered out. It was a debate over which Mary presided and her decisions would become precedents for the future. The status of a queen regnant was laid out in a highly significant statute passed in the Parliament of April 1554. Um, it says, An act declaring that the regal power of this realm is in the Queen's Majesty as fully and absolutely as ever it was in any her most noble progenitors kings of this realm. Huh. Do you want me to read that one more time? The last sentence, yeah. It's all one sentence. Damn it. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, this, this is the statute that was passed in Parliament in 1554. An act declaring that the regal power of this realm is in the Queen's Majesty as fully and absolutely as ever it was in any of her most noble progenitors, kings of this realm. Wow. Okay. So, this act made Mary's queenship equal to that of a king in yeah. law. Yeah. And so in statute, in ceremony, and in ritual, Mary drew on the precedence of her male predecessors and fashioned them for queenship. Wow. And she wasn't married, correct? Mm-mm. Damn. Nope. Not yet. There was no guidance for the coronation of a woman as a ruler in her own right. What do we do? But Mary's ceremony invested her with all the power exercised by her ancestors. Mary notably revived the tradition of touching a sufferer of scrofula, known as the king's evil, and followed other practices such as blessing cramp rings, also used for healing, as well as washing the feet of the poor on Maundy Thursday. Such rituals had never been performed by a woman. And were considered priestly acts that only God's representative on earth, a male monarch, could perform. If, there, if only there was a way that, like, women could also do it. Mm. Like with their hands. Like with their hands. Like mm. physically. If only they were physically capable of doing the exact same thing. Sure. So, like, we say that Mary sees, like, came back to London after nine days and having the people's support and then took the throne. But what that meant was, like... Mobilizing a small army, uh-huh. staging a civil, like a, a governmental a revolt, yeah. seizing uh-huh. the throne, figuring out what to do when you get it. <laughs> right. Like setting what up the mess. precedence, setting up the idea that a queen monarch, like a female monarch has the same weight as a male monarch. Uh-huh. And with that, like, without that, everything in the English monarchy would be different. Yeah, that's And that was in so the 1500s. True. Like, that was so early. That is insanely like, early. Like, without Queen Mary the first, we wouldn't have had Elizabeth the first. We wouldn't have had Victoria. We wouldn't have had Liz too. Like, like yeah. there are so many incredible queens of England that wouldn't have been possible had Mary not done this. So true. Yeah. Um, so one of the first things that Mary one did um, when she ascended the throne was reinstate her parents' marriage in order to assert her legitimacy of succession. Because you're queen, this... so you can do that. Right. This makes sense. We can change that. You want to know why? 
Because I'm the president. No, queen. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at first she recognized the duality of religion in her country. Um, but she was determined to bring her people back to the Roman Catholic Church. Nice. Um, and it's it's this weird, like, she wants to restore the Roman Catholic Church, but by ascending the throne, she became the head of the Church of England. Right. This, like, so very much. uncomfortable dichotomy to live in and be both sides of. Yeah. Yeah. So she would have to, the only way to, like, make sense of that would have to be, like, restoring it to mm-hmm. how she saw fit. Yeah, it was it was a problem, to say the least. Um, so to achieve this um, reinstating of the Roman Catholic Church, she declared her intention to marry Philip of Spain, who was the son of Emperor Charles V. You the son don't of say the one that jilted son, her. Yes, the Fucking. son of. Oh, it's upsetting. Um, and that was so oh that she gosh. could produce a Catholic heir to the throne. Also, age-wise, that probably worked out better. Yeah. Uh, slightly. <laughs> slightly. Um, he might have been a little younger. Yeah. So okay. he was 11 years her junior. Oh, okay. Well, eh, eh. But that's better than, like, a moldy, crusty old dude being engaged like to a six-year-old. Like, senior. Yeah. Like, we'll take it. It's not... It's not great. It's not great, but it but is better. It is better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Um, so she needed to produce a Catholic heir so that the throne wouldn't pass to Elizabeth, who was her half-sister. Oh, I forgot about her. Protestant. (sighs) She was the Protestantist. Yep, the mostest. The mostest of the Protestants. Yep. And so she was like, okay, so I need to real quick... a baby. Marry me a Catholic... Yeah. Let's go to Spain. They got a lot of those. She's like, you know who We're I do know is this one guy yeah. who jilted me when I was nine fucking years old. Because I wouldn't come over with a big chunk of cash. Anyway. Um, so she, this made sense to her. So she declared that she was going to do it. And her advisors. Did he know? Like, had they met? I'm sure she sent a letter. Yeah, like, Hey, are you cool with this? Cool. And then he got it as the announcement was made. And he was like, wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> Most of her advisors cautioned against this match, instead recommending her cousin Edward Courtney, who was the Earl of Devon, um, because he was of royal blood. And Mary refused, saying to her advisors, my marriage is my own affair. <laughs> oh, Shit. Shit. <laughs> She does what she wants. She does what she wants. Um, So then in 1554, after it became clear that Mary intended to hold to this announcement of marriage, Uh Sir Thomas Wyatt, another Wyatt, led a revolt to depose her. (laughs) Joined by the English nobleman that had acquired wealth and lands when Henry VIII had confiscated the Catholic monasteries. So when Henry VIII closed down the Catholic Church... Uh He confiscated those properties, gave them to a bunch of noblemen. The noblemen had an interest in keeping a Protestant country because otherwise they would not have wealth and lands. Uh Uh-huh. And so they joined this revolt of Wyatt's. um, And he, like, she had a lot of enemies because of wanting to reinstate the Catholic Church. 
Um, and Parliament also didn't want to do this. Uh, and so, and they were offended by her dedication to marrying Philip. Uh-huh. Wyatt's rebellion gathered speed and advanced toward London. Mary gave an incredible speech that inspired thousands of citizens to fight for her, and that crushed the rebellion. Ooh. Bye. In, in this speech, she said, I doubt not, but we shall give these rebels a short and speedy overthrow. Wow. Sir Thomas Wyatt, as well as Lady Jane Grey and her husband, uh-huh. were all executed. Bye. Bye. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Princess Elizabeth, Mary's half-sister, uh-huh. was sent to the Tower of London on suspicion of involvement in the rebellion. Oh, shit. In uh, 1554. See ya. Um, so on July 25th, 1554... Mary I married Philip of Spain, who was heir to the so Spanish that, throne. that did work out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they got married two days after they met. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't but speak each other's... <laughs> they didn't speak each other's language. They had to, like... He didn't speak English. She didn't speak Spanish. So they had this, like, hodgepodge of, they like... It out. Yeah. Latin, German... French, I think, or something like that. Like, Situation, they had this, yeah. like, hodgepodge of pseudo-filled-out languages that they yeah. spoke. It was rough. Um, so, four months after she ascended the throne, Parliament met and began the re-establishing of Catholicism in England. Uh-huh. And Mary pressed on, repealing many of the religious edicts from Henry VIII, including a strict heresy law. Shortly after the Catholic creed was re- uh, restored, the persecution of Protestants began. Uh-huh. The heresy laws were revived, and England was reconciled to papal authority. Throughout 1555, Protestant bishops were all burned at the stake for heresy. Oh, see ya. Bye. And heretics and rebels were either burned at the stake or hanged. Um, oh. At least 300 in total over three years. Oh, shit. Shit. These were later called the Marian Persecutions. Uh-huh. This s- vicious slaughter of Protestants yeah. earned Mary the First the nickname Bloody Mary. Ah! Yeah. Oh, these they, we are taking some turns. Yeah. Okay. This is not how you say an uplifting story. Um, All right. Uh-huh. I was I was a big fan for a minute. Then, we all, well, but like in a pity way. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just like, girl can't catch a break. Yeah. So in 1556, Cardinal Reginald Pole <laughs> was appointed the new Archbishop of Canterbury, while the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cranmer, was burned at the stake for heresy. See ya! By Damn. Archbishop of Canterbury. Very executions. Very executions <laughs> in okay. conclusion. Okay, okay, okay. Um, however, it cannot be ignored that her campaign was ultimately successful. Well, yeah. If Mary had lived longer or produced a Catholic heir, England would certainly have been re-Catholicized. So she did not. She did not. Oh, she did not have the baby. That's another spoiling. Okay. Um, that's also like a whole big thing we're about to get into. Um, so if she had lived longer or 
produced a Catholic heir, England certainly would have been re-Catholicized. Yeah, I'm like, they're not. And history's view of Mary would have been quite different if they had, like, gotten past... Yeah. Like, if If there had been... If she just had one baby. Well, yes, but, like, also if... Uh, because she she only reigned until 1558. Okay. And so she, like, half of her reign was these persecutions. And it was it was the second half. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Those were happening until she was off the throne. Wow. And so, I, like, we'll get there. But basically, like, when... When she, she died in 1558. So when she died and Elizabeth took over, Elizabeth just like reset up the Protestant church real quick and stopped all the persecutions and Hit was the hailed. the undo button a couple times. Right. Like yeah. she, she apple that shit. <laughs> and like <laughs> take it back five years and it's fine. I really mean this. Take it back now, y'all. Liz one did, <laughs> but if like there, it was pretty much like the heretics were all burned at the stake, and that forced the hand of Catholicism a little bit. But like uh-huh. being reinstated, but it also like if there had been time after that, yeah, Mary would have been viewed as a very different force of nature in the English monarchy, right. But that she that was her focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I did so, not know any of this. G- right. Crazy. So going back um, to her marriage. Okay. Her marriage was never a happy one. Never, not once. I don't see how it could have been. It was doomed. But, yeah. Okay. So she also endured false pregnancies during her reign. Homegirl was real desperate beginning, for a baby. Yeah. Uh, beginning in September of 1554. They got married in a- July of 1554. Eight July. Uh-huh. July <laughs> of July. 1554. So, like, so, a hot two months. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. Well, she started gaining weight and suffering from morning sickness. And so her doctors were like, you must be pregnant. But And she was like, I feel pregnant. So I do you see this glow? Pregnant. Look at my glow, sons of bitches. Um, and then in April fifteen fifty five, Elizabeth was released from the Tower of London and invited to court to witness the birth of a new heir. Except nothing came out. Um, to wit, so to witness the birth of a child that never came. So she was she in like so like she was gaining weight. She was having morning sickness. And then and then just it just like went away. Never had a baby. Um, oh, so and it's also likely that Mary suffered from what may have been uterine or ovarian cancer. And so well, I imagine those, that like, she's like hemorrhaging or yeah. like there's a bunch of but they didn't talk about that in the 1500s. But like there's like a bunch of shit happening re her reproductive system. But there's also those symptoms that what's it called? Um, like a hysterical pregnancy yeah. or something like that where your or, your your like psyche is so fucked up mm-hmm. from desperately 
wanting a child that your body physically creates the symptoms of pregnancy because your brain is so connected and makes that decision that I'm going to have a baby now. Yeah. But there's nothing inside there. Right. And they think that either it was a, like, psychosomatic pregnancy. Right. um, Or, like, plus also... And, like, she had stopped menstruating during that time. So it could have been a combination. So it could have been yeah. a combination. Um, but, all like, her body was exhibiting all signs of pregnancy without actually having a child inside of it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Which is mind-boggling to me. Um, that ha- that still happens today. Yeah. No, totally. So crazy. Absolutely. But, like, to the point where they brought her half-sister from being exiled right. into the Tower of London to show back off. into court yeah. to say but like they I think that they Witness legitimately my miracle bitch <laughs> I really expected you to say miracle baby and then you said miracle bitch and I was like <laughs> no witness my miracle comma no bitch. I got it it's just that that's not what my brain heard the first time <laughs> okay continue um yeah but like the fact that they brought her back into society from being um, like released her from the Tower of London. <laughs> yes. They wouldn't have done that if they weren't sure that a child would have come, come out. out of her. So, like, obviously, and so she, like, then ended up losing a little bit of weight and then, like, gaining weight and, like, losing it over, like, the next few months. So it and happened so, multiple times? No, no, like, oh. after... Yes, but this specific time, after they brought Elizabeth from the Tower of London, and we're like, it's happening, then she, like, would lose weight, and then gain weight, and then lose weight, and gain... Like, it just... Something was weird with her body, in conclusion. And it was not a baby that was weird with her body. Sounds like a thyroid issue. Right? But, whatever. We don't need to diagnose. It's fine. She's definitely still dead. There was also, like, rumors going around... The country that they were like, she had a baby! And, like, no, she, she's she didn't. But she she did. <laughs> like, she was... Oh, what a chaotic time. Legally declared pregnant. And yet. But also did not have a baby. <laughs> but didn't have, like, a miscarriage or anything. There was nothing there in the first place. Right. What we're saying is that this is And a we're lot. living in 2020. <laughs> right, and we're saying that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, so, after kind of all of that, like... And there was also, like, this weird shame of not having a baby uh-huh. two months after you're married. Like, gossip and rumors are on court, blah, blah, blah. It's all very, sure. like, torrid and... Yep. Um, drama yes very dramatic so then mary once all of that kind of died down a little bit mary considered the false pregnancy to be a punishment from god for tolerating heretics in her realm oh catholicism oh catholicism pat pat um so after all of that like disgrace and everything philip was like listen my pops just died so I'm now king of Spain. So I'm going to go do that and I gotta, peace out. I got to go. For approximately forever. And he he literally, like, he ascended the throne to become King Philip II of Goodbye. Spain. And then he was, like, 
bored with Mary, found her unattractive, never returned to England. Okay, I just want to circle back that she has now been twice jilted. By her by current still same, married. By the same family. Yeah. Father and sons. Apple. Tree. So very near. close. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely. All right. all right. So then in 15... So that's all in 1556. I just want to hold on one more second and say... I kind of get why she's crazy. Yeah. A little bit. Well, and if you blame God, if you think that a false pregnancy, like that this pregnancy. Your punishment. Was your punishment. Guilt. And oh, then. Oh, that, that and then dear old Catholic guilt. Yeah. Bless. Okay. Well, and like in the grieving process, you find something to latch on to. So it makes sense that you would just yeah. like slaughter 300 Protestants. That's not how that I deal with my guilt <laughs> and shame. But okay. there's this like perverse logic to it. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So in conclusion, Philip II. Bye. He king. He, he king. Scoot. Scoot. He ascends Boop, the th- scoot buggy to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I hate <Sorry>. you. <laughs> He becomes king of Spain. He pieces out forever. Okay, okay. He comes back real quick to court in 1557 in order to persuade Mary to declare war on France. Why? Because you got they're married and we're allies and I'm mad and you need to do it. And you need to be mad too. You need to be enraged on account of my rage. <laughs> I do he feel that often. <laughs> Yes. However, it's war... not declaring war. Right. It's not war at that has scale. Not been a product of that yet. Right. Yes. Um. So then, from this brief time that he was at court in 1557, she goes through this entire false pregnancy thing again. God damn it! He's not even there. He's not there for he the like entire pregnancy, but like he. By. He. Basically did the mid-16th century version of a drive-by. <laughs> like, he waved out the window. Like, did they even have sex? The I'm sure you don't know the answer to that. But also, what the fuck, Mary? Regardless. Uh-huh. I, I feel like if Mary believed that she was pregnant, she had to have had sex. I feel like that's true. But also, also there was, guess, like, just yeah. not a lot of opportunity on account of Philip peaced out. by Real hard. <laughs> he did. He was just like, I'm just going to pick. He was like, stop. I understand that we're married, but I'm choosing to pit ignore stop. that fact right now. War on France. Yeah. Please. Thanks. Bye. It was like yelling at a barbecue, hoping that someone hears something. Yeah. That was the equivalent. <laughs> and I'm pregnant now. From your words that you yelled out your window. Yeah. I'm pregnant. Oh, works, God. friends. Um... This was an unpopular decision to go to war with France on account of no one cared. Right. Like, no one in England was any sort of, like, (laughs) on board with this idea of being at war. Correct. Like, that wasn't on their radar. And she was like, we're at war now because Spain. And my husband. And I'm pregnant, so I have to be loyal. So, not only did they not... 
gain any land or anything like that. They also lost their last uh, port and possession of land on the mainland of Europe. Okay. So, like, England is officially now only that island and there is nothing else. All right. In England. So, like, they lost their foothold on the European continent. Damn. Because of this war. Everyone's upset. So then... I blame Philip, honestly. Honestly. He just... You know he's some, like, spoiled little brat child that's tall and a man-child. Yep. Yep. Hate it. Yep. That makes sense to Um, me. So the port of Calais is the was the last English possession. Um and that was captured by the French. That also makes sense to me. Even though the French has had like two whole military victories in their whole career. It's that true. was one of them. Yeah, they're like, yay. Do you know that if you type French military victories into Google, it says, "Do you mean French military defeats?" <laughs> Uh, I'm like that is are you sure the about that? most casual shade I've ever heard. <laughs> the most vicious and most casual shade. Yep. Um. So soon after she's childless, there's another declared pregnancy that turned out to be false. She's sick. She's grief stricken. She probably has some sort of cancer in her reproductive system. Yeah. She dies. Bye. St. James's Palace in London. We were originally a fan, and now we're just disappointed. Uh, like, there's still that same add. level of pity. It just yeah. went from, like, pitying you that you were, like, a person that was entrapped by your, your circumstances. And, like, uh, mistreated. Yeah. To and like, now, like, you made some choices fuck? and you need to do, like... It's like, oh, honey, stop. Just don't... Girl, don't. you yeah. don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she was entombed in Westminster Abbey on December 14th, 1558. See ya. So Bye. then Elizabeth, the half-sister. So Elizabeth, the half-sister, ascended the throne... The country quickly rallied behind her. And they're like, we don't know what the fuck was happening with that chick. So we are ready because you seem sane. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So she was Henry VIII's second daughter. Uh Uh-huh. So then Elizabeth, you know, we always talk about the Elizabethan age. She brought a lot of like peace and... uh, like solidified the English monarchy and all of that. Um, uh-huh. She was eventually, but she she was the Virgin Queen. Oh, so she was eventually entombed with Mary. Oh, Philip pieced out real hard. He like he was. I didn't look up where was he Just where like, he was entombed, but it was not with Mary. <laughs> forever in Spain. Right. Have a blessed and prosperous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Elizabeth was entombed with Mary and the Latin inscription on their tomb reads, Regno consortas et urna ic obdormimus Elizabeta et Maria sorores in sper resurrecciones. And that translates to consorts in realm and tomb, we sisters Elizabeth and Mary here lie down to sleep in hope of the resurrection. All right. So... Um, John White, who was the Bishop of Winchester, um, said of Mary at her funeral, she was a king's daughter, 
she was a king's sister, and she was a king's wife. She was a queen, and by the same title, a king also. So, so facts. Right, but like, if you... But like, equalizing. Yeah. Okay. Um, she ruled with the full measure of the royal majesty. Yeah. But also, like, I think, I find it interesting that it's not like, her grace, her majesty, her, like, anything to say about her, like... Trait-wise, I'm sure it's that, that like, was, there was more to his eulogy. Probably. <laughs> but it's just interesting that, like, she... it It's... To me, it's saying she was a queen in every way that you can be a queen. Like, she was... Okay. She was the fullest extent of the word queen. Uh-huh. And the title queen that you can say. Like, she... Yeah. She was a king's daughter. She was a king's sister. And a king's wife. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's... That's really... That was really beautiful to me. So, like, it, yeah, she, wa- she was a queen, and by the same title, a king also. Cool. That was his full, his full quote. That is kind of badass, if yeah. you might, I mean, I must say. Yeah. So, uh, Mary ruled with the full measure of royal majesty, redefined the English monarchy, and made it possible for queens to rule as kings, and established the gender-free authority of the crown. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, that's Mary, Mary the First of England, Queen Mary. Mary the First, Queen Mary. Bloody Mary. Yes. So, my sources were Britannica.com, Biography.com, BritRoyals.com, History.com, HistoryExtra.com, and then one small paragraph on Wikipedia, because wow, I just needed really more information about those false pregnancies. The, like, yeah, there was not was enough. Crazy. Yeah. It was insane. Totally. Um, so I have to write a haiku now. Uh-huh. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have the last line in mind. Do you want me to play the crown theme song as you? <laughs> <laughs> kind of do. Okay, here I we go. I kind of do. Okay. Are we good? Yeah. Okay. Okay, stop it then. Okay. Dr. Rebecca uh-huh. and Mary were determined why it's all around. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, give it to me one more time. Dr. Rebecca and Mary were determined why it's all around. Yep. Why it's all around. Why it's Truly. all around. This was a why it centric episode. Only briefly, but <laughs> definitely still there. When you're finding, when you're trying to find a common ground between a doctor in the late, mid to late 1800s <laughs> and a psychopathic, psychopathic queen uh-huh. in the mid 1500s. There's not a lot of common ground to find. So like one name seals the deal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sure. Definitely. The... So I, I wouldn't say that I, like, enjoy Mary's story or, like, her character, but oh, I do... it was entertaining. Yeah. I do love the, like, salacious vibes from yeah. it, for sure. Well, I love And it, like, it's... reminds me of why I love watching those shows where, it, like, like, Downton Abbey, where, like, someone blinks wrong and everyone's like... <gasps> yeah, you know? it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, like, she... I don't agree with all of the choices that she made. I agree with But very she few. did so much. Yeah. For it. And like the fact that she only She uh, just really wanted to be Catholic. Yeah. Okay. Just let her be Catholic. But she was also on only on the throne for like 8 years, 6 years, something like That's that. True. Like she was um, That quick turnaround is what's going to happen in the next like in the next decade, I feel. Yeah. Well, because be like, within... New, boom. Within new. 10 years... Well, within 20 years, they had four monarchs. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And I feel like once... <clears throat> and I, I think we've talked about this. But once Liz 2 dies, it's going to be like Charles for a second. Quick and then, moment. And then Will. For, like, ever. A time. For, like, a time. Such time. Mm. Okay. Um, wrap us up, Tess. Okay. Help so me. I we're... hate this part. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I hate it, too. Um, so you can email us your stories or suggestions. Like, if you were the first at something or if you want to hear a story... You can email us at firstwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on the Instagrams at uh-huh. firstwomenpodcast. Yep. Either way, you can send us a message through Instagram on mm-hmm. email. Mm-hmm. Um, in our Instagram bio, you can find a link tree to all the places where our podcasts are accessible. Uh-huh. Um, that's on SoundCloud. On Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Um, and if you have yeah, a platform, it's no Google Play. Bye. Yep. Um, if you have a platform that you like to listen to podcasts on that we are not on, please send us a message, and we'll do our best to get on it. Yep. Um, we want to make sure that you're listening in your preferred way. I would also like to throw out that if you want to be a guest. Yeah. Let us freaking know. That sounds fun. Absolutely. That sounds great. Um, we've had a couple of guests it's on this show, but it's guest. been some time. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we we have a couple in the pipeline and conversations that um yeah. that would be really fun. So but if you if you want to join us, absolutely. Everyone is my apartment's here. very small, but there's room for one more. And there's another cocktail glass that's available. Oh, I saw it. There are many cocktail glasses. <laughs> Your girl knows no shortage. No shortage. <laughs> yep. All right. Are we ready? I think we're ready. Is there anything else? I don't think so. Other okay. than like, you know, times are hard out there. Take care yeah. of yourself. Be kind to everyone else. Be kind to yourself. And? Love, love you, Mom and Dad. Dad. Creep.